0: Feel the fear and do it anyway. Good things come to those who work hard and never give up.
1: Be better than you were yesterday. Don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. Be the best version of yourself because somebody else has
0: already taken. Don't be afraid to go that extra mile because when you do you realise there aren't that many people out there. Hello and welcome back to season two of She Has A Goal In Mind, brought to you by Darcy Morris and Gabriella Jukes. On this episode, we speak to football presenter Natalie Pike. She talks
1: about her love for Manchester City and how she became their live match day presenter 10 years ago,
0: how she deals with online abuse and sexism and life as a beauty queen. We hope you enjoyed the episode and if you do, please don't forget to give us a like and subscribe and also follow us on social media at A Goal In Mind podcast for updates.
1: Thank you so much for, for coming on again and agreeing to come in and chat with us about your career because you're doing incredible at the moment. I love following your journey on social media and you seem to be absolutely loving life in your job.
2: I do. I'm really lucky. I do. I love my job. Funnily enough, my my four-year-old said to me today, because I was going to work, and he said, Do you not like going to work? And I said, Actually, my angel, I I love my job. I'm very lucky. I I, I would rather be here with you, but I love. I love my job so yeah definitely I am lucky that it never feels like going to work yeah
0: Yeah. and that's the main
1: thing
2: isn't
0: it yeah I think I think it's really important because otherwise there's just no break is there if it's if it's your constant day to day and you just don't enjoy it I just think it's really important to find something that you love doing no matter what it is like anyone could do anything but as long as they loved it I think that's just the most important really
2: Yeah definitely and I really want to try and install into my son the idea that you can make a living from something that you love because like my instance is very specific like I make a full-time living talking about Manchester City (laughs) like that is like insane but also like my ideal job so yeah you definitely can. (laughs)
1: Yeah, amazing. Well, like you mentioned there, you are the presenter for Man City's uh, live match day shows. And of course, you talk um, on the radio, Talking Balls on your radio show. Is this always something that you thought you'd see yourself doing when you were growing up?
2: No, never, never. So when I was growing up, there was no women working visibly in football. There was, you know, there was no Alex Scott's and there was no Karen Carney's. There was no, you know, visible women, at, you know, at all. Um, so I don't think, even though I, um, I've, I've watched football, I, I've been going to football for my, my whole life, which comes from my dad. You know, I got my season ticket, my first season ticket for Manchester City in 1998. So even though football's always been a big part of my life, I never dreamt that I would make a, a full-time living from football in any capacity.
0: So you've been at Man City for 10 years, is that right? I think it might be 11, you know. Uh,
2: so I, so it might be 10, it might be 11. I'm, I think, I feel like, yeah. So I, my first season was the first season we won the league and that's the 10 year anniversary of that this year. So I think it might be 11, yeah.
0: <laughs> so how did you get there then? Can you talk us through how, how you got to Man City and how you started working for them?
2: Yeah, so I know everybody's story is a bit different and there's definitely a good amount of luck involved in, in mine. So I had modelled, I was I was modelling full time and I had modelled for the club a few times during the match day shirts. And they had found out through that that I um, was a season ticket holder um, at City I'd given up modeling um, and I'd got myself a normal job. I decided that wasn't the life for me and I had a normal job and I sat at my desk one day and I just got an email through from City saying that they were looking to add a woman to their um, match day lineup, which it back then and still is something that we call City Square. So it is bars and food outlets with a big stage, a big screen. And we do two hours before every game, a live band, celebrity guests, games, football analysis. Um, and they were looking to add a female to that. And was I interested? And, you know, I, I'll never forget the moment I just started my guessing and I'm like looking out, like, <laughs> is this email for real? Um, so that is how I got into it 11 years ago. Um and then I, so there's definitely an element of luck involved in getting into it, but then obviously luck only takes you you so far.
1: Oh, definitely. Like you we often know from experience how tough it is being a presenter, especially in working in football as well as a
2: woman. Yes. And especially back then. So if you think about 11 years ago, and yeah. I can say Alex Scott is always the first person that comes to mind for me currently because she's so visible. and She's doing so well. Nobody like that existed. You know, it was white men. That's all it was in the world of football. Yeah. So, yeah, especially back then.
0: Must have been so much harder to come through in that kind of environment and to prove yourself as well. I mean, today today is hard. But back then must have been an even different level.
2: Yeah so for my first season there was a definite constant feeling of like you say having to prove myself and there was two men that um, were on the presenting team as well and there was a constant feeling like I couldn't be as good as them, I had to be better than them, I had to be more passionate, more knowledgeable and um, that I was constantly getting judged and um, I had a few occasions where I would do something on the pitch at halftime and my own, f- our own fans, City's own fans would be shouting abuse at me like, get back in the kitchen. What is she doing on there? Um, I learned very quickly to, uh, to stay off all of the um, fans forums that were around because they would if I went on it, they would just be talking about either how bad I was or um, the typical things that women still get you know who did she sleep with to get this job or which player is she sleeping with to get this job you know the kind of the standard things I think sadly I think that some women still get these days so my first season very much felt like a battle of trying to prove myself but I, I do also feel like I proved myself pretty quickly and so come the second season it felt like a lot more of a smooth ride um, and I would say the the kind of the abuse and the questioning like that that I get now is quite minimal, Um, it only flares up if I do something like on national TV and then it will flare up again. Mm.
0: It's crazy.
1: Oh it's such a shame that again like it's still going on, it's still happening no matter how many years are passing, obviously it's getting better because it's coming more visible, it's coming more normal but yeah getting that abuse on social media is, it's horrible. I and like how, how do you deal with it when, if you
2: if you do get it still? So I have recently deleted the Twitter app off my phone and I can highly recommend it. So I do use Twitter for work. Um, there is some things that I do that I um, require me to retweet the videos or to um, you know for the radio show if we're looking for opinion on something I will use Twitter because I, I do have quite a well I've got a decent following on Twitter but what I found is by not having it on my phone I'm not obsessed with it so I'll go into work on the desktop at work I'll log in I'll take a quick look and then I'll log out I've only I've only been doing that for about a month I found that, that really helps um, but. Uh, quite honestly it still upsets me it still upsets me so I was on a national radio show that I do regularly called fighting talk on it's five live um I I love it you know it's it's a huge radio show it's one of their longest running shows and whenever I'm on it guaranteed whenever I'm on it somebody messages me to tell to say oh the host just fancies you you're only on it because the host fancies you and it does I've been on it for three years and it doesn't matter what I've said, or what I've, and I'm actually the champion of the show. I'm, I'm the current champion of the show, which apparently is because the host fancies me, and um, and that it got me, and 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 I know him. I know him. He doesn't. He's got a girlfriend. Like, I, you know, um, it's that. So that did upset me because it's like, oh God,
0: like, like
2: I, I am so good on that show, like, and you can't, you still cannot see past the fact that I'm a woman. So it still upsets me, but I do deal with it better. You know, mutes a good one, um, and what I, a good tip as well is just to not, to, not to engage with them because generally these people yeah. are trying, they're looking for attention, there's too many yes. in their lives, so Definitely. they try to defend. there's no point trying to defend yourself.
0: <laughs> they, they have nothing better to do than to try and bring you down and if you exactly. give them that, then they've won, so there's no, even, there's no point yeah. in even interacting with that type of behaviour, I think. Exactly, yeah. Where did your yeah. love for sports begin? Was it from a child? Yeah, so my dad
2: is an absolutely massive football fan, but my dad doesn't like the Premier League. He doesn't like anything like that. My dad is like a grassroots non-league football fan, and um, he's quite happy going along and watching like the local village club. I'll be like, "John, wanna... I've got some tickets for City," and he's like, "No, thank you. I'd rather just go and watch you the <laughs> local club." So my dad is a real hardcore football fan, and as um, I often say to people, my mum used to work on a Saturday, and so my dad used to take us to the football. So I, I've been going the football as for as lit for as young as I can remember um and then when I moved to Manchester when I was 10 my mum's then partner um was a Man City fan and so that just is just it was just the, the pathway I lived in Manchester he was a City fan so yeah it's come from my dad I think it's probably in my genes because my you know my dad is just so football mad um with a real like I say like a real genuine love for the for the game um, and the you know the community and the, the everything that goes you know with football
1: you mentioned previously about fighting talk the show can you tell us a little bit more about that just for the listeners in case they don't know exactly what it is because of course you were the first female to ever win the show is that right
2: yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's on Saturday mornings, five live, 11 o'clock. So it's been running for 18, 19 years, I think. So I lo- I absolutely love it. It's my it's probably my favorite thing that I do out of everything that I do. So it's like a panel of um of guests, four guests, and you get sent the questions in advance. Um and the idea is to be a bit a bit in a bit out there, a bit in the face, like fighting talk to like debate and have your argument and have your say but in a fun way. Um, and so the questions might be something like, you know, it's kind of relevant to what's happening, um, in the world right now. Like say like, if it was like, you know, today, um, Ash Barty retired from tennis. So the question might be, who do you think needs to retire from sport? And then, um, you'll just come out with like some sort of like fighting answer. Um, and it's just fun. It's just, it's just so much fun. And I think I really get to show my personality on it and my kind of like, yeah, <laughs> not to, yeah. Just you know, yeah. my like argumentative side. <laughs> yeah. it. it's, nice it. To,
1: it, it. it's nice to it's have brilliant. that bit of fun as well, isn't it? And not take it too serious.
0: Exactly.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: In your job, do you have a routine or is it kind of um a bit of radio one day, on-screen another day? Talk us through a day in your life.
2: Yeah, so it's quite random. So I work every Manchester City game, home or away, I work and so my routine on a city match day uh, is dependent whether it's home or away because our studio is still at the Etihad so I don't go to the away games our studio is is at the Etihad generally get there either four hours for a home game three hours for an away game before the game Um, but my routine even before that is I'll probably do probably not as much as I used to probably two hours of prep for every game so just sitting down and reading through you know that we played Southampton at the weekend, so going back through Southampton season, reading about you know who they've played recently, just getting up to date on on them, so that so that I can sort of adequately talk about them, and just you know rereading anything that's been going on with us, and then go to the game, um, and then yeah, it depends if it's home or or, or away, but at home well, it's a two hour show before the game, away it's a one hour show before the game, and then half at home it's half time generally on the pitch. Um, and then in the if it's an away game, we do a studio show at halftime and a studio show at full time. But if City are not playing, then Monday to Friday I have my radio show. So that is on six till seven on BBC Radio Manchester. Um and I usually get in the office about four and we do about two hours kind of prep for the show, kind of what's going on in the world that day, and work out what we're going to kind of talk about and swat up on, on that. Um, but I think the side of the job which you'll know about that people don't see is that prep side you know it's an hour-long show but I'm in the office three hours two hours before it starts you know it's a an hour show on city but I you know on, on, a, on a big game I might have done six hours prep before that so yeah it is varied but I you know love it I love it like that yeah
1: it's, it's such a full-on job isn't it but like, like you said if you love it then it's just an incredible job best job in the world probably Yes, yeah. for me, definitely, yeah. Of course, you work <laughs> heavily in football, but are there any other sports that you would like to maybe um, branch into or give a go?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. So um, my favourite female presenter at the minute is is Laura Woods. I, I love her. I love that she's got to spanned everything, and I love the fact that she does the darts and she does the boxing as well. And um, I definitely would like, you know, they, they look like such on jobs to have and um, you know the atmosphere of at the darts the atmosphere of at the boxing the occasion of them I think that's part of the part of why people love those sports so much is because of you know the occasion as much as the actual sport so and um, I'd love to do
0: I'd love to do them um
2: one day but my, my focus is still football at the minute
0: yeah I totally agree I, I'd literally love to work on darts and boxing and I think Laura Wood's She's just like bossing it at the minute, isn't she? And she just makes everything look so good and so slick. It's just amazing. And everybody loves her, yeah. you notice. Like I, like
2: my friend said to me about her, what is it about her? And I was like, I
0: don't know, but everybody Yeah. Loves <laughs> you sound so busy, but how do you juggle? Because I know obviously you're a mother as well. Uh, I've seen on your Instagram. How do you juggle such a busy work life and being a mother at the same time? Yeah, I think it's,
2: it, is, it is really hard. There is, I mean, all mums would say there is always a huge amount of mum guilt that goes on. Um, you know, cause I work strange hours and weekends and it is definitely a balance and trying to explain to my, my son what mummy does as a job, as a job is quite hard. Um, I think, you know, I'm really blessed. My, my dad, at the end of last year, my dad moved down from the Scottish Borders to the village that I live in to give me support so it's not something I could do on my own um, I wouldn't be able to do it without my dad because like my dad you know he had him on had my son on Sunday when City had a game um, and like I said that is, it's really hard because Sunday's are usually mummy and Reggie day we call it mummy and Reggie day and I and I, on Sunday I said I have to go to work and he said but it's mummy and Reggie day and I said oh but Manchester City are playing so mummy has to go to work um, and then my dad was looking after him so I'd say it's just a it's a balance i'm I'm lucky to have my dad and just kind of trying to be really honest communication with my son and just try and explain to him and and then also keeping the positive side of it so i don't because i don't work nine to five my son isn't in school yet so i get throughout the week until i go to work with him so really enjoying that time and um really focusing on the time that i get but it's just a it's a juggle but hey we make it
0: we make it work yeah it's life isn't it
1: yeah definitely that's life, yeah, no. 100%. Just going back to how you started then your career, is it right that you did a degree um, in media? D- did that help you um, in any way to where you are now?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, the most pointless degree I think anyone could have done. Um, at, at the time, I had no idea what I, would, I wanted to go to university because so all my friends were as well, and I had no idea what I was going to do, so I did a media degree. Um, I would say that I learned nothing that has assisted me in my career and I only paid off my student debts about three years ago so (laughs) it was fun but it definitely wasn't worth it and I yeah it's it's not been needed for me.
0: Moving on to a different subject which I know Gab is also heavily involved with (laughs) (laughs) you have been involved with pageants how did that begin how did you get into that? So
2: I'd say much like football, I've loved pageants my whole life. Um, I m- have really early memories of me when Miss World was on the TV, on like mainstream TV in Britain, sitting up at night and desperately trying to keep my eyes open till the end and falling asleep and sort of say to my mum the next day, who won, who won? And um, I I just loved them my whole life. Um, and when I was kind of in my early 20s, entered a few, never, never won, never got to the levels of <laughs> Gabriella, um, but just... <laughs> just loved them um and then obviously like pageants have evolved as so has football and so as a woman a mum in her 30s we did finding out that pageants were there for me still um a few years ago I just thought why not like I I love it what am I what's stopping me and just got back into the um the the pageant world which obviously is very um, which you'll know is very much about ev- every woman except yeah. every every woman regardless of your your age, your situation, if you're a mom, like whatever. so yeah, yeah, I just love it.
1: And we not only did you re-enter, you won <laughs> Miss Galaxy UK, oh. which is incredible. Um do you have the internationals coming up this year? Are you finally going.
2: So I don't know. So yes, the internationals are they but the internationals are the week the first weekend of the Premier League season. Oh. So um, I can go to the internationals, my prize. I, I can go. Um, it's my dream to represent the UK my, my whole life, but will I be able to? I still don't know. Um, my director's brilliant. She's really relaxed. She knows my situation about my, you know, my flights and everything. I really hope I can make it, but obviously it's the first weekend of it's the Premier League one, season, so <laughs> I just, I just don't know if whatever job I'll be, you know, I, I don't know what my, what job I'll be doing then. Um, I don't know if they will let me take the first weekend, I don't know if I'll want to, so I have no idea, I hope I can make it work, but I just yeah. don't know. Well
1: hope, fingers crossed you can you can go, because you've been waiting quite a while now, haven't you, with the pandemic and everything, so
2: it'll be a shame
1: not to go. Two,
2: two, two years ago in March, two years ago just gone that that, that I won, yeah, and the world has changed dramatically since then so I really when the dates came out honestly my heart sank I was like please be the end of July please be the end of July and then when it came out and I was like no but um but yours is coming up soon isn't it I'm throw that back at you when is yours
1: yeah so uh, Miss Universe Great Britain is the weekend of the 9th of July so yeah it's not not too far
2: away the chickens haven't gone on sale yet, have they? No,
1: not yet, not yet. I'll let you
2: know when I they are, when they do it. <laughs> yes, do, because they'll s know they're gonna sell out. Yeah. They, yeah I think fast. they did last time. I, so yeah. yeah.
0: I, I I've been pestering as well because I want to go and watch and support <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely I can't wait like it's such a it's such a, a high level of women this year I think it's oh my incredible. gosh
1: yeah it's incredible I feel honored to be a part of it this year and amongst these like incredible women like you said like it's about celebrating empowering each other and I just can't wait I'm excited
2: such a diverse as well just I love the diversity of the women as well it's brilliant
1: yeah I was just gonna say um in regards to to you doing pageants and your career as a sports broadcaster have you ever had any comments or um issues with it or has anyone made any comments towards you about why you why do you need to do pageants when you know you've got your career going for you
2: Amazingly, no. So I've been asked this before and I've not received any negativity whatsoever. In fact, people have quite embraced it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, and it's weird when you think about it, I don't know why I've not had any abuse because it feels like it would be a perfect chance, but I really <laughs> not happened. I don't know if it's because people can see how much I love it or, yeah. um, you know, like when I talk about it, I talk about it with such passion and enthusiasm. But um, no, I've, abs- I've absolutely had no negativity towards
1: it. Oh, that's amazing to hear because mm. personally, I haven't had any negativity at all. Really, I've had a few people when they found out I was doing Miss Universe Group Britain, ask me why. Why do you feel the need to go and do that again when, when you know, focus on your career sort of thing? And I'm like, why, why can't I do both? Like, exactly. you know, <laughs>
0: and you can. You know, I, I've never been involved in pageants, but they look amazing. I, I would have thought that it would only create a leverage for you in your career as well, because it's more of a platform. Yeah. I don't and know. You well, you, and you, you, look, you get so many great
2: experiences from it, which is what I'll often say to, to people that, you know, for younger women as well, you get the experience of um, interviewing, you know, talking on stage, going to a range of events where you kind of, you're walking to a room and, um, on your own, and you'll, you know, you'll network, and you'll make friends, and so there's so many positive things about it, um, but you just ignore them, Gabriella, you just ignore them, because you <laughs> definitely can do both, <laughs> <You are laughs> yes. absolutely, and I would think that your career would, inha- would be good for your pageants, because it's percent. Oh, so, yeah, it's
1: something. yeah,
2: amazing.
1: yeah, definitely, and and in, in terms of, like, the present inside of it, I have, kind of, the confidence now to go on stage, and not, kind of, you know be nervous or anything because it's kind of what you do every day you're always like in, on the camera or talking to people so I think I kind of it's definitely give me that confidence boost going in into the pageant as well. Very good.
0: <laughs> Natalie do you think that pageants have helped you in your career with your confidence as well?
2: Um, I would say probably not only because I only um Sort of started doing pageants again about three years ago so I was already at a place in my my career so I don't think it has um but I, I definitely think it does it, it does for women and I would definitely you know that's a big reason why I would encourage women to, to, to get in, to get involved because it you know there is so many great things that pageants can can teach you.
1: Yeah definitely 100 percent so in terms of your career then where do you see yourself going of course you're doing incredible at man city on bbc radio manchester but what would would be your main
2: goal i want to do national radio and national tv that is my goal i'm telling anyone that will listen because i figure that is the way that you you have to get yourself out there in this business and be kind of proud proud of your ambitions and proud of your dreams so i want to present nationally on five live and i want to present on tv like like sky sports or, or bt or amazon Um, I want to talk about football as a whole and not just Manchester City which I absolutely love and has been a blessing and if I could still do that and and do like a national radio show that'd be brilliant but um, that is that is my ambition And, and probably do you know what maybe pageants have helped I'll go back to the other question because it's only in the last 18 months I would say that I have got and, I, and I'll always say got the balls I have found the balls in the last 18 months to, to to confidently say that that's my dream and that's what I want to do um so maybe maybe
0: pageants have helped <laughs> yeah I, I I would have thought they would they would have mm-hmm. definitely had an impact on you mm-hmm. um with if you could give advice to people wanting to follow in your footsteps what would it be
2: I would say, in general, it's that find yeah you know, find a job that that you love, and you'll never feel like you're working. And believe that you can find a job in your passion. So, like, say my, mine is Manchester City, and then um, take every opportunity you get. Take every opportunity you get. And um, one of the things I always say to people as well is, is be nice, be humble, turn up on time, um, you know, be nice to the cameraman, be nice to the crew. Because so many times in our business, people will hire people that they like and people will hire people that everybody gets on with and that makes their life easy. And so um definitely, definitely, yeah, be nice to everybody. I, I've worked with a few people and I just think, God, like. That's a, i is such a diva just yeah so yeah. be nice to people um and just work hard you've got to work hard you've got to put the hours in again i've worked with people and, and they've rocked up and i thought you've not done any prep here mm. and it's going to show so you, you've got to put the hours in behind the scenes that nobody's nobody's going to see um and then just believe believe in yourself have the have the balls to say what that you want to you want, to, you want to do national TV, national radio.
1: <laughs> no, I love that. I love it. I, I think, yeah, like you mentioned, like you've got to tell people what you want from, from the job as well, because it's not going to come to you. You've kind of got to go out there and, and find the opportunities yourself in some way, haven't you?
2: Definitely, definitely. I, I presented six, uh, six or six on five live Twice this season, so that's like you know, like the national football phone-in show. I've been listening to that my whole life, and I stood in for Robbie Savage and presented that twice. And it partly came about because I just made everybody that would listen in the building aware that it's my favorite my favorite phone-in show, and I'd love to present it one day. And so when he he couldn't do it one day, it just stuck in someone's mind. Oh well, Natalie said she loved it, so yeah, you've got him. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, being, being, yeah. Sorry, being vocal and communicating, I think, is key. Uh, that's what I've learned. Uh, obviously in this short amount of time (laughs) but that's what I've definitely learned
2: yeah you can't shrink in the background and just think someone's going to offer you a national job yeah you've got to Mm. work it.
1: yeah Uh, in your career then I know you've interviewed so many big names especially from Man City on your show but who has been your favorite person to Mm -hmm. have interviewed that's really
2: interesting it's really interesting it's um I've interviewed so many city legends and um, this one player called Ali Bernabia, who you might not have even heard of because he played for the club in like the early 2000s when we were in like division 1. I loved interviewing him because I the passion that he spoke about the club um was just you know he just he was just so passionate just so and he just loved the club. So I think I, gen, I generally like speaking to people that just love love Manchester City and just then you end up just feeling like you're having just a chat with a friend
1: yeah yeah is there anyone that you would like to speak to that you haven't had a chance to yet
2: um oh I think I've never had a chance to well I've never even really met Pep Guardiola that would be amazing um and oh and the one city player the one proper city legend that I never interviewed in my 11 years or 10 years when he was here was Sergio Aguero so I never I used to do the post-match interviews and I never interviewed him so there is talks that he might come back at some point for like a testimonial or an unveiling. So I'm really hoping I might get a chance the interviewers. Is,
0: is there anything you've learnt during interviews throughout the years that um, help you or like a structure mm. or a safety net?
2: Yeah, so my definite my safety net will always be that I've got questions written down. Um, a good amount of questions so thinking about the interview again this is where your prep comes into it so on city square we get a real variety of guests so a couple of games ago we had rogan crowley who was in the winter olympics i don't know anything about the winter olympics i didn't watch it and um, so then i was learning about um they call it sliding so she does the oh my god i've now forgotten and the 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 one person oh i forgot what it's called that's awful so i learned about that so i had a series of questions about that and i thought about the winter olympics and what would the experience be like what was it like when you came home so i had a safety net of questions but then you've almost got to just have them but forget about them at the same time and you have to you have to go with the conversation so you have to respond to what the person is is saying so listening listening to them while thinking about what you can ask next is a real skill but if you can turn it into a conversation as opposed to you just throwing questions at them then that's where you'll get the best best interview but having the safety net in front of you so if it does start to go dry you can just quickly look down and you've got a question that that's definitely my best
0: advice yeah that's that's good advice.
1: advice yeah and I guess that's why like you said that's where the prep comes in because when you're listening to them imagine they say something and you 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 haven't prepared so you don't know how you're going to respond to that so yeah preparation is key to everything isn't it definitely
0: definitely can't do enough so I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before but we do three questions at the end of each episode just random ones just to see what you say see what you come out with (laughs) so the first question is if you could invite any three guests to a dinner party who would it be and why So it'd be Pep Guardiola
2: because I've never met him, and I think he would just be so in so so interesting. And um, I would invite uh, Serena Williams because I just think she's an I, she's an absolute icon, mm. and even more so now since she's a mom. And hearing her talk about her life as a mum and her breastfeeding journey and her getting back to being a you know professional athlete again, uh, definitely her. I would love mm. to have them. Um, have a good old chat with her and then oh Ricky Gervais because he's gonna bring like the the humor and the comedy and I love animals and I think we could sit and have a good bond about animals
1: oh that's that's a brilliant mixture isn't it I love that I love Ricky Gervais lately as i have been watching Afterlife and oh
2: my god did you an... cry? did you cry
1: I didn't cry but it is so yeah. sad but like, the, I
2: haven't seen it the thing it is yet.
1: this there's a the sad bit but then a joke will come straight after so you're like you're laughing like in the middle of like being upset but it's such a good program yeah I recommend
0: yeah <laughs> I, I need to I need to have a look at that yeah <laughs> like, definitely
1: I haven't watched it yet <laughs> the next question then is tell us something about yourself that not many people would know oh
2: not many people would know so oh well I um when I was modeling full-time, do you remember the TV program, The Price is Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was the dolly dealer on The Price is Right for like 150 episodes. So I was that person who oh would gosh. stand there and like stroke the prizes, like, and you can win this vase. And then it'd be me going-
0: oh, That's so cool. <laughs> that's, so <laughs> random, isn't that's so random, is it? so I loved it. It was
2: such a good job. It was such a great job. It filmed in Manchester, I loved it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: Okay, so the third question is what is your favorite quote and why oh, um, what is my favorite quote
2: it's it's probably i i will forget it exactly worded now, but it's something like um our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure beyond measure. I love that yeah. one
1: yeah I, I love that quote. I used it once um in university we we had to make a montage of um i can't remember what was it of the sports and uni and i used that yeah, yeah i used that like voiceover in it i love it i love, I love it
0: because it's so true as well it's so true yeah it is so yeah true. definitely yeah amazing and i think it's very relevant to this conversation as well just like believing in yourself and yeah, 100%. yeah definitely
1: brilliant well thank you so so much for coming on and chatting to us I'm so pleased that it actually worked this time without without going <laughs> off <laughs> but yeah thank you so much I really appreciate it and I really look up to you being in a similar position as in as a presenter and then you know the pageant side of it as well when I I, I honestly didn't realize that you were a presenter when I saw that you went the pageant and when I saw that you were doing that I was like oh my gosh like it's so refreshing to see someone kind of you're paving the way for our skills so
2: yeah
0: yeah definitely thank you I appreciate that and then uh, best of luck for
2: both of you for your careers as well I'll keep following and um best of luck with Miss Universe Great Britain oh my god I'm so excited for you Miss Universe <laughs> is the absolute you know like it's my favorite Miss World used to be my favorite when I uh, and now I just yeah. think Universe is just like oh
1: It's incredible. I know it's kind of another (laughs) level, that wasn't it? Yeah, it's an amazing show and production and everything. I think
2: it's to do with that. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to episode six of season two of She Has a Goal in Mind. Please don't forget to give us a like and subscribe and follow us on social media at a Goal in Mind Podcast, where you can find weekly updates on our guests, episodes, and more.